If you'd like to spend some time with real people with a real heart for God, we welcome you to visit us at Harvest Church in Alexandria, Virginia. Our Sunday morning services are held at 1030, and our Family Night Fellowship takes place on Wednesday at 7 p.m. Come experience God's awesome, life-changing power as we worship in His presence, fellowship with one another, commit to discipleship, and share God's love through evangelism. For more information or directions, visit HarvestNova.com. That's HarvestNova.com. I believe the Lord has given me a, a word for us today. Luke 5, verse 1. It says, one day Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, We've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he, he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken, and so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. The title of my message today is When Life Just Isn't Working for You. When Life just isn't working for you. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but do you ever feel at periods in your life that life just isn't working? You know, uh, it says here in verse 5, Peter says, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. We've been, we've been doing our thing. We've been doing what we know to do, and it's not working. Sometimes life is like that, Right? We do what we know to do, we do what we feel are the right things, and we keep plowing ahead, and it just seems like it's just not working. And sometimes we don't even admit for a while that it's not working, right? We soldier on, and then we come to a point we just say, you know, this, this isn't working. And it's frustrating, and we feel like a failure. We feel like, you know, it's just, we're... we're you know, on a, on a treadmill. Treadmills are great for exercise, but they don't get you anywhere, do they? <laughs> and, and so, you, you, you know, or, or, or like the little, uh, you know, animal uh, in the, you know, the little uh, hamster in the little wheel, you know. Uh, you're moving a lot, but you're not getting anywhere. And life just isn't working for you. Well, uh, for Peter and his fellow fishermen, it just, it just wasn't working. And, and I, I believe there are some uh, lessons we can learn here about what to do when life just isn't working for you. And th so that's the question I want to answer for the next few minutes. What should you do when life just isn't working for you? And, and I want to say, I, I, I said 
many have felt that way. I think we've all felt that way. Can we just admit that? At times in our life, it's just not working. So what should you do when life just isn't working for you? The first thing that we see here and that we need to do is welcome Jesus into your situation. Welcome Jesus into your situation. In verse 3, it says that Jesus got into Peter's boat. Now, Peter's boat, we have to understand, this this was not a recreational vehicle. This was was a, a place of business. This is where he earned his living. And as uh, we've mentioned, you know, it it wasn't working for him. But Jesus, it says, went into the boat and had him pull out a little bit from the shore. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And this might seem like a, a, a little innocuous, little minor detail. But I believe it's a major detail. Something happened, something was going to change once Jesus got into Peter's boat. And I believe that's a picture of the situation uh, when, when life isn't working for us. I believe something dynamic, something significant takes place when Jesus comes into the situation, when Jesus comes into our boat. You know, we often as human beings, we compartmentalize, don't we? I have my personal life here. And I have my business life here. And I have this aspect of my life here. Oh, yeah, and over here is my spiritual life. You know, I go to church on Sunday or watch it online. And and so, so that's over here. And what do we do? We compartmentalize Jesus to a portion of our lives. How many know God didn't intend for that to be the case? Jesus should be welcome in every area of our lives, every boat, if you will. And and things change, things take a dramatic turn when we welcome Jesus into our situation. And while that might sound like a basic truth, we often don't do that, do we? As I said, we do what we know to do. There's nothing wrong with that. God gave us a brain. We, we, we should do what we know to do. But when we uh, can realize, hey, it's not working. How many of those situations arise where something you were doing, which was working before, it won't work now in this situation? The life is like that, isn't it? Jesus stepped into Peter's boat. In order for you and me to be successful, Jesus needs to be in our boat. We need to welcome him into our situation because things change when Jesus is in our boat, when Jesus is in our situation. Say, Pastor Tim, how do I do that? You pray. You talk to Jesus. How many know you can talk to Jesus? You talk to Jesus. You say, Jesus... I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I know to do, but it's not working. It's just, it's just not working. Jesus, I realize I've been trying to do this in my own strength and my own ability. I've been trying to manage uh, according to my own resources. And Lord, I'm, I'm woefully unable 
to do so. Jesus, I invite you into my situation. I invite you into this situation. I invite you into this family problem. I invite you into this problem at work. I invite you into this personal issue. I invite you into this relationship issue. I invite you into this, uh, this uh, dilemma uh, about which I, I, I'm not sure what to do. Look, whatever, whatever the situation is, whatever situation you have where life isn't working, you say, Jesus, I invite you into this situation. Uh, a, a, a problem that's, that, that I don't have the answer for. Lord, I invite you in. Lord Jesus, come into my situation. Come into my boat. Don't overlook the significance of inviting Jesus into your situation. Well, Pastor Tim, I'm, I'm the Lord's child. I know he's with me. I love him and I pray. Yeah, I, I understand that. And, and we know that he's with us. He said he'd never leave us nor forsake us. I get it. He's with us in a, in a general sense. But there are times we need to be specific. Lord, this problem I'm having, this issue I'm having, Lord, I invite you into it. Lord, I pray that you'll come and bring a solution, that you'll come and do what I am unable to do. Things change when Jesus gets in the situation. In the Old Testament, remember three men named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who refused to bow to the king's idol? And they got thrown into a fiery furnace that was heated seven times its normal temperature to the point where the men who threw them into the furnace, they themselves died from the intense heat. And when the king looked in the fiery furnace... He didn't, he didn't see people being burned up. He saw the three of them walking around. And he said, oh, by the way, there's a fourth person in there, and he looks like the Son of God. The pre-incarnate Christ. That's, that's called the pre-incarnate appearance of Christ. Before his birth, he came and appeared. And the scripture says they came out of the fire. They weren't burned. Their hair wasn't singed. Don't you love the smell of burning hair? If you've ever smelled that? Their hair wasn't singed. And guess what? They didn't even smell like smoke. You can walk through a puff of cloud on the street and come home smelling like smoke. They came out of a fiery furnace. They didn't even smell like smoke. Why? Because Jesus was in there with them. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Sick people were brought to Jesus. Jesus was brought into the situation. Guess what? They became well. Not just sick people. Dead people too. I mean, we, death is just, you know, irreversible. Not when Jesus is around. You know, Jesus never preached a funeral sermon because he broke up every funeral with a resurrection. <laughs> Things change when Jesus is in the situation. Remember when he was out on the, on, the, on the stormy sea with the disciples? They were afraid for their lives. Jesus said to the wind, he said, be quiet. And the wind stilled, and the sea was calm. And the disciples, they had been with him, but this was like a new level of revelation. They said, who is this man? Even the wind and the waves obey him. And the storm was calmed. Why? Because Jesus was in the boat. Hallelujah. When Peter was in prison... Chained between two guards in the inner sanctum of the prison. In Acts, it's, Scripture says the church was praying for him. And what did Jesus do? He sent an angel to release Peter from the prison. You see, things happen 
when Jesus gets involved. Things happen when Jesus steps into our boat. And so whatever area of life this morning isn't working for you, I, I plead with you, I implore you, invite Jesus into that situation. Get Jesus in your boat, not in a general sense, but in a specific sense. Lord, I need you in this situation. Lord Jesus, step in. Lord Jesus, take control. See, this involves admitting that we can't handle everything. So for some people, that's a hurdle, right? Some of us like to put out the air, whatever it is, I can, I can handle it, no problem. You ever had people say that to you? No problem. What happens later on, you find out. Problem. <laughs> right? If, if any of us think we will never come across a situation that we can't handle, we're just fooling ourselves. Oh, but there's nothing he can't handle. You've got to get Jesus in your boat. You've got to get Jesus in this situation. Say, Lord Jesus, come in. Lord Jesus, make your presence known. Lord Jesus, step into the situation and do what I can't do, what only you can do. Whatever you're dealing with today, whether you're here in this sanctuary or watching online, I encourage you to intentionally invite Jesus, welcome Jesus into your situation. It'll make all the difference in the world. Hallelujah. You believe that this morning? What's the second thing you need to do when life just isn't working? It's this. Do what Jesus tells you to do. Do what Jesus tells you to do. It says here in verse 4, when he finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Go out into the deep water. Jesus told the disciples where to fish, when to fish, and how to fish. Now, strictly speaking... Jesus was, was speaking to professionals, okay? This was how they, as I said before, this was how they made their living. They, they, they were the professionals. Jesus, in, 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 in strictly earthly terms, Jesus was the amateur, you know? Don't so-called experts love it, love it when amateurs tell them what they should do? You know? Somebody said... You know, you need to remember the Titanic was built by professionals, but the ark was built by an amateur. Which one survived, you know? Uh, that's, a, that's a fresh perspective. And they, like, Peter could have easily said, <laughs> Master, Jesus, I, look, I, I, look you're, you're the master, you're the rabbi, and, and I, in spiritual matters, I mean, I defer to you because you're, you're, you know, you're, you're Jesus. But fishing, that's my thing. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, we're, we're professionals. We've done this before. It's not our first rodeo, Jesus. You know, all due respect. Um, you know, and we, we worked all night. And, and, you know, sometimes as a professional, sometimes you just have to realize uh, you know, it's just not your night. It's just not your time. And, you know, we've, we've been through this before, and it'll get... So thanks, thanks for the advice. But Peter could have said that, couldn't he? But he didn't. He didn't argue. He didn't give in to his feelings. And notice Jesus said, go out into the deep water. Go out into the, the deep area. 
Sometimes what Jesus will tell us to do might involve some risk. At the very least, he will tell us to get out of our comfort zone. I know that's a, that's a probably overused cliche, but we understand what a comfort zone is, don't we? It's, it's, it's the little space we've carved out for ourselves where we're, we're, we're comfortable, you know, and I'll do this and I'll, I'll get involved to this level. And, and, and I, I understand about, you know, staying in our lane and we can't do everything, but you would be amazed at how God can use you beyond how he's used you before. Does that make sense? And, 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 and how does that happen? It's, you know, because we, we'll, we'll go to the edges of our comfort zone and we'll do this, we'll be involved here. But I don't want to try anything. I've never done that, but I don't, I, I'm not comfortable with that. Yeah, but what does Jesus want you to do? There's a need, there's a ministry. I, I've never done that before. I, I don't know. I had, I had someone come up to me several months ago. Someone who's very, very busy. Someone who has a family obligations, work obligations, health issues, and is just more than a full plate. And this person said to me, I think God is calling me to move up to a higher level to, to, for something new. I said to my, both my wife and myself, I think God is calling me to, to, to do more. And after I got up off the floor, you know, I was like, wow. And, and God led this person into more. Uh, not because it was comfortable, not because they didn't have plenty to do, not because they had tons and tons of free time, but it's because that's what Jesus told this person to do. And so uh, we need to be open to the, to the Lord. And that means, you know, that means putting the cell phone aside once in a while, you know? Letting, you know, missing a few minutes of Instagram or Facebook, you know, or, or, or whatever your social media is, and just kind of kind of getting alone with God and, and just saying, Lord, what do you want in my life? God has so much more for you and me than we can even dream of. So all I'm saying to you is let's, let's, let's be willing to go a little bit past the edges of our comfort zone. Let's be willing to, 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 to distinguish the voice of Jesus from all the other voices. Let's not have the attitude that Peter could have had. Lord, I'm, I, I, Lord, I, 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 Lord I know myself. I, 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 know, I know my comfort zone. I know, I know what I can do. Let, let, let's understand that, that uh, Jesus is all-knowing. Amen? And, and so do what he wants us to do. Maybe it's to get involved in a ministry that you've never thought about before. I, I have found, you know, I'm, I don't claim to be the most creative person, you know, the most outside of the box person. But I have found, and God often uses other people to, to help me with that, but I have found some of the best ideas and some of the, some of the best ventures have taken place 
when either God says to me or says to me through someone else, suggests something that I have never in all of my years thought of. And, and we, we, we consider it and we pray about it and we go with it. And man, more often than not, it's, it's, just, it's just powerful. And I, I, you know, I make a lot of mistakes and I, there's a lot I don't know, but one thing I have learned is I don't have all the answers. And I don't want to limit God to my little small imagination, my little small area of, of what I think I know. I don't want to limit God to that. I want to do what Jesus says to do. How about you this morning? A United Airlines flight landed safely in Hawaii after an engine cover came off during a flight from California. And passengers posted on social media images uh, of the external cover of the engine missing. A video showed the engine shaking back and forth with pieces of the cover flapping in the wind. That would, that would be a welcome sight, wouldn't it, on a, pl on a flight? Passengers reported a loud boom followed by the plane rattling and shaking. And they were warned by the flight crew to prepare for a possible rough landing and informed that an emergency had been declared due to a vibration in the right engine. Well, they landed the plane safely and a spokesperson for the airline said there were no injuries and all the passengers departed normally at the gate. But the spokesperson added this note. They said this, our pilots followed all the necessary protocols to safely land the aircraft. You see, th those passengers, when you get on a flight, you don't expect something like that to happen, do you? I'm going on a flight soon and I don't want to see that happen. And frankly, you know, there are maintenance people, the pilots, they don't expect that to happen. But when it does happen, there were protocols in place. There were people who knew what to do in that eventuality. And so it says the pilots followed the protocols. They obeyed. They did what they were instructed to do. And you know, you and I, in our, in our, to, to use another metaphor, in our, in our flight of life, we, we, it may seem like sometimes, hey, the covers come off the engine. You know, the engine's vibrating, and we're, we're headed for a crash landing, and it doesn't look too good, and things are going crazy, and the plane of our life is just shaking and vibrating, and it's a mess, and we fear, uh, if not for our lives, at least for our sanity sometimes, and for our well-being, and it just seems like there's chaos. But there's a heavenly protocol. There's a manual. There's a set of instructions. And if you and I do what Jesus says to do, we're going to be all right. We're going to have a safe landing. We're going to get through the storm. We're going to get through the crisis. We're going to get through the difficulty. Hallelujah. Because we do what Jesus said to do. What is Jesus speaking into your life? What have you been resisting? You know, sometimes we, we, we feel, and, 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 you know, we don't see a handwriting on a wall usually or hear a, an audible voice, but it's a, an impression. Ho hopefully, if we have any spiritual maturity at all, we have some idea of how the Lord speaks to us. And, 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 and we feel the Lord speaking. To, and what do we do sometimes? We, we don't want to go in that direction. We don't want to follow that protocol. We don't want to go out into that deep water or take that risk or get out of our comfort zone. So what do we do? We just shove it aside. 
You know, like the serpent said to Eve, did God really say that? We say, did, did I, I didn't, did I, did Jesus, does Jesus want me? No, no, no. Why? Because we want to go our own way. When life isn't working, really all the time, but especially when life isn't working, we need to do what Jesus tells us to do. Say, so Pastor Tim, I'm not sure. I don't hear his... Again, we need to get alone with God. Lord, what do you want me to do? He might want you to speak to someone. He might want you to take some action. He might want you to do something you've never thought of or you would never think would be the right thing to do. We need to be still. We need to hear the still, small voice of Almighty God saying, this is the way, walk in it. And if you or I are saying, you know, I just never receive from the Lord, then we are not spending enough time in his presence. Because he's speaking. How many know the Lord is speaking? The problem is we're not hearing. When life just isn't working, you need to do what Jesus tells you to do. What's the third thing you need to do when life just isn't working for you? It's trust the promises of Jesus. Trust the promises of Jesus. Jesus said, let down the nets, go into the deep water, let down the nets for a catch. Well, you know, Jesus, that's why we let nets down for a catch. No, Jesus said, let down the nets for a catch. What he was saying, this, what he was saying is this. You're going you're gonna to get it. I know you've toiled all night long, but you're, you're going to get a catch. Do what I tell you to do, and, 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 and you're going you're gonna to catch some fish. And I love Peter's response. You know, we, we, we rag on Peter, and we get on Peter because he had, you know, foot and mouth disease, and he just said the wrong thing at the wrong time, and he made so many mistakes. Actually, it's rather comforting when I make dumb mistakes. I just say, well, you know, that's what Peter did. But sometimes Peter got it right. And he said, well, Lord... Our, our text for today, Lord, we've, we've been toiling all night long. We haven't caught a thing. Okay, true enough. But then he says this in verse 5. But because you say so, I will let down the net. Now what he was saying is this. Our professional experience has yielded nothing. Doing everything we know to do has yielded nothing. It's just not working. But on the basis of nothing else but your word, Jesus, your word and your word alone, we're going to let down the nets and expect to receive something. Trust the promises of Jesus. Another cliche, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it, amen. Church, you can trust the word of the Lord. And I know we become so cynical and so skeptical because so many people fail us and they don't keep their word. Even people in places of authority and people we look up to, it's gotten to the point where somebody um, keeps a promise, we're, we're stunned. You know, uh, um, yesterday uh, the, the Mets had, the New York Mets, I'm a Mets fan, 
and uh, hey, Mets, we're doing good. Uh, they had their old timers day where they had a bunch of you know ex players there and you know old guys uh, playing baseball and everything. But it was it was a great day. But one of the things they did. How many have ever heard of Willie Mays? Even I think even non baseball fans have heard heard of Willie Mays. Well, Willie Mays played for the New York Giants. And then in 1958, the Giants, along with the Dodgers, they moved out to the West Coast and broke the, the hearts of uh, you know, New York fan, baseball fans of the National League. And so 1962, the Mets were started, and the original owner made a promise. She said, someday I'm going to get Willie Mays back playing in New York. Well, in 1972, Willie, Willie of course, many say the greatest player who's ever played, uh, at the end of his career, he, he was on the downside of his career, but they brought him back, and he played two years for the Mets. Didn't play great, but, you know, he was Willie Mays. And the owner at the time made a promise. She said, we're going to retire, you know, different teams. If you're not a sports fan, different teams will retire a, 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 an honored player's number so that no one else on that team will ever wear that number again. And And... Every team has certain players. They said, we are going, even though he played the majority of his career with the Giants, we're going to retire. The Mets will retire Willie Mays's number. She made that promise to him. Well, she, a few years later, she died. That was never done. That was 50 years ago. Yesterday, the Mets retired Willie Mays number 24. 50 years after the promise. Promise long delayed, but a promise kept. It's kind of neat if you, if you like that sort of thing. But I share that to share with us that, you know, we've become so jaded and cynical that we're almost surprised when a promise is kept. But you know what? Jesus never fails to keep his promises. His word is yes and amen. Hallelujah. And I don't care how dark your situation is. I don't care how difficult it is. You can trust in the word of the Lord. I have, I have promises that God made to me when we began this church, when we launched, launched this church 30 years ago. They haven't all been fulfilled, but I believe in the word of the Lord yet, even still. Because he's faithful. He keeps his promises. Hallelujah. And so, um, you know, one of the great promises is, is when, as I said, when we started this church and God said, uh, that he would meet all of our needs, and here we are 30 years later, and he's, he's kept those promises, and he'll keep the rest of them because he's a faithful God. You can trust in the promises of God. You see, it doesn't take much faith, much trust. We've said this many times, you know this. It doesn't take much faith or much trust to believe in something that's happening in front of our eyes because we have the evidence. Where does the faith come in? Where does the trust come in when we don't yet see it? Let me tell you, you can trust the word of Jesus Christ. What has he spoken into your life? What has he said he would do in your life? The word of God says, God is not a man that he should lie. That doesn't say much for men, does it? <laughs> but he has spoken and he will make it good. You can trust in the promises of God. The result of Peter and the others doing it Jesus' way, the postscript here, says that they had to call another boat to take some of the fish they caught because they, they caught so many fish they couldn't even get them all in their boat. We're so used to people over-promising and under-delivering. God under-promises and over-delivers every time. 
And uh, the, the point is they were wildly successful. What wasn't working before was now working in uh, abundance. They became successful. You talk, we, we sang about you are here turning lives around. God turned it around. How many have had God turn a situation around for you? An impossibility. Something that there was no hope of going in the right direction, yet God turned it around. Hallelujah. That's what he did. Just because you haven't found a solution to your problem today doesn't mean that one doesn't exist. We need to go to the problem solver, the way maker, the promise keeper. Amen? Hallelujah. Peter, the, the word of God says Peter was so overcome, he, he fell at Jesus' feet. He said, Lord, I'm, I'm not even worthy to be in your presence. Why? Because this was a new revelation. This was a new level of who Jesus was. Jesus told them from now on they would catch men. You see, life just wasn't working for them. And Jesus showed them through uh, this miracle that he could turn a situation around. And he said, not only are you catching fish, he said, but from now on, I'm promoting you. You're going to do something more valuable for the kingdom than catching physical fish. From now on, he said, you're going to catch men. Because you see, when God shows us in one area that he can turn things around, he, that gives us faith to trust him for greater things, for more important things, for more things of eternal significance. We asked the question at the outset today, what should you do when life just isn't working for you? It's just, it's just you know, it, it's just not working. First thing is welcome Jesus into your situation. Get Jesus in your boat. Lord, I need you. I need you in the middle of this. Get him in your boat. Get him in your situation. Second thing you need to do is do what Jesus tells you to do. Might be something you haven't thought of. It might be an idea that you rejected. You say, I'm, I'm not capable. Listen, if God says to do it, either you're capable or he'll make you capable because he wants you to do it. Do what Jesus says to do. What is Jesus speaking into your heart right now? Maybe you brushed it aside. Maybe you pretended the word isn't there. What is he speaking to you? Do what Jesus tells you to do. And third, trust the promises of Jesus. Believe for him to turn it around. Believe for him to make a difference. And God will do, Jesus will do the impossible, the amazing, the supernatural, the unimaginable in your life. Hallelujah. When life just isn't working, turn it over to Jesus.